So let me tell you a story about a buyer that was looking to purchase a property with us in 2018. The market in 2018 was suppressed, very much like it is now, where prices were on the way down. This buyer, and for the sake of this exercise, let's just call him Staffy. A nice name for a cute little dog. <laughs> Staffy is looking to purchase a property, genuinely looking to purchase a property, his first home. He'd come through a bunch of inspections with us, <clears throat> but then he saw an article on a current affairs, a very trustworthy, reliable source of news, which said that property prices were going to drop 40%. He took this literally, and at every inspection he went to, if he saw a house that he liked, he would offer significantly lower than what the quoted advertised range was. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars lower. And he would say to us every time when we rejected his offer, he would say, guys, I know that property prices are going to drop 40%. The owner should be grateful that I'm even offering $150,000 less. Whoa. And, uh, and sure enough, Staffy didn't buy a house. And in fact, the market actually turned quite quickly and all of a sudden, Staffy was priced out of the market. The house that he wanted to buy or the housing that he, houses he could see himself living in were no longer affordable and he had priced himself out of the market. To this day, Staffy is still renting. Now, this is nothing against tenants, but he wanted to buy his first home and he couldn't because he timed it wrong. And this is why I'm so looking forward to this episode. It's going to be one of my favorite, I think, because we're talking about how to time the market and what to look for. So, welcome to Mind the Age Gap. My name is Gavin. I'm Sarah. I'm Holly. And I'm Rage. And I have a cough. Sorry. <coughs> Jesus. I'm That's sorry why we have initials that. on our headphones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if we're talking about um, how to time the market, let's get straight to the point. Sure. When is a good time to buy? It's a very good question. And uh, it's one of those things where you could look at data sets and you could look at numbers and you can uh, look at all these different facts and figures to try and work out when the, the, the market's going to be its low point, when it's going to be its high point. I heard a very well-respected man who works in real estate in Queensland by the name of Brett Graham, and he once explained this. He said, if you want to time the market, don't look at numbers, look at behavior and look at language. I didn't quite get what he meant by that. What do you mean look at language? How do you even look at behavior? How he proposed it is the numbers can mislead because in 2021, everyone thought the market was going to go down. It went up. In 2022, everyone thought the market was going to go up. It went down. Well, at least according to the banks and the experts. But he was able to pick the markets properly, not because he was listening to what was being said in the media, but because he listened to people. And people make the market. Buyers determine the market. So some of the things that he was, he'd be saying is, listen to, I don't know, uh, someone who is running a car detailing service. That's where discretionary spending is. If, if they're saying they're struggling and people aren't coming to them, chances are the market's coming down. If you are a parent and you go and speak to the local school, uh, I don't know, the, where they buy your school uniform and they're saying that people just aren't buying uniforms, then chances are the market's on the way down. If people have spending and they've got ability to, to spend money, then you go to your beautician and they're flat out. They're, they're doing eyelashes every, every day. People coming back three times a week to get their nails done. People have money to be spent. That's not the time to buy. When, when everything's going well, that's when you sell. 
when everything's going, um, when people aren't spending and the market's on the way down, that's when you buy. So at the moment, there is a lot of uh, you know, negative talk. I was, I was chatting with the guy from a car dealership and his numbers are really, really low. So people aren't buying cars. Um, you're, you're talking with some other friends who own businesses and they're struggling now. So you can hear on the street that people are struggling. That's the time to enter into a market as a purchase. All right, so that kind of makes sense because you guys were mentioning that your best real estate year on record, like when houses were at its peak, was really when people were coming out of COVID. Like everyone was traveling, everyone was spending money, the economy was doing great because everyone was spending a truckload of cash. So that's not when you would want to buy, is when everyone is spending. Correct, and that example was great. I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah, because do you remember when everyone was coming out of COVID, everyone thought the prices were going to go down? Remember coming out of lockdown, like all that, that current affairs show about prices dropping 40%. That happened at that time, yet people were spending. How many people do you know um, upgraded their TVs, bought new gym equipment? You know, they're out buying new clothes and planning all these expensive travel journeys. People weren't saving money, they were spending money. These were good times. It's funny that you mention that actually, because out of all four of us, last year, right out of COVID, three of us traveled Europe. Yeah. Last okay. year. Mm. How funny is that? Like coming out of and COVID. I brought, a, I brought a new car. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were spending thing. cash yeah. as well. Yeah. Upgrading your car. Upgrading cars. Everyone upgraded cars. So people were spending. So despite the fact that everyone was talking about house prices are going to go down because there's no money in the economy, everybody was spending. It was a good time. So you sell in the good times, obviously when prices are higher, and then the lean times when people aren't spending, that's when you purchase back in. So it's around behavior and what people are saying. And if you listen to people and you speak to owners of you know, local companies, whether it is a, a beautician or someone that works around cars, whatever it might be, you will hear what they have to say and that will tell you exactly what is going on with the market. So if I'm going to follow your method of how to time the market about how um, when people aren't spending money, that's when you want to get in the market. Right now, everyone's talking about interest rates and inflation. Yeah. Everyone's really strapped for cash right now. So by your predictions, right now would probably be the best time to buy, wouldn't it? But the media is always talking about house prices dropping. I saw on Channel 7 News last night that houses were expected to drop by what? Another 10, another 20%. Why would I want to buy a house now when no one's spending money? And that is the exact example that we used before with Staffy, um, who wanted to wait until house prices kept dropping, but they didn't. They didn't drop any further and they turned around. So that's, I mean, it's a, real, it's a cliche real estate thing. Like, oh yeah, go ahead and buy now. Why, what are my properties? <laughs> but um, it's, it actually is going to be a, a pretty good time to purchase now, at least in the next six months. Um, I never in the history of Australian real estate has real estate prices dropped 20% in a single shot. So like, and we've been through some pretty rough times. There was the recession that we needed to have in the late eighties, early nineties. They were tough times. And, uh, and even then I think the worst it got was 15% in Sydney. So that's historical data, but right now is a pretty good time. Holly, you mentioned that you purchased and it has dropped a little bit um, since your purchase. What are you doing about that? 
Yeah, so um, actually it's funny you're talking about timing because our first investment that we brought, we had no intention of buying an investment. We'd relocated to Melbourne. We had our deposit ready to go. We were pre-approved and we were actually expecting our first child. So we came down here ready to go. We wanted to buy and within a matter of weeks, we're going to open homes and inspections and we're noticing those prices like creeping up and up and up and up. And I actually got to a point with us where I was concerned that, you know, we were potentially going down to one wage as I was you know going to be a mom and, and didn't want to go back to work full time and within like a matter of six weeks we will priced out that, that opportunity was gone really really quickly um, so that would be my biggest worry would be waiting and waiting and waiting for that bottom end of the market but then all of a sudden it's not the bottom end of the market anymore and you're not ready to go you haven't got your pre-approvals you haven't been through these open houses so I think that's really interesting on finding the bottom Um, we ended up putting our money into a property rurally again and and putting a tenant in there and, and covering our mortgage that way and renting here in Melbourne. But we've recently brought an investment in the middle of last year in the peak of the market. And look, I look back now and maybe we could have saved a bit of money if we waited a bit longer. But we may not we may not have done that either. We might have missed out and and the market kept going up. So mm. I guess it's always a tough it's a tough decision. It is hard to pick the exact bottom and exact top, but like the advice that we're giving at the moment gives you an idea of how to get pretty close to it, whether it be pretty close to the bottom. And I feel like we're getting pretty close to the bottom now in this cycle. And it will cycle back up. I guarantee you that despite all the media attention that you're seeing, and trust me, as a former journalist, I write these kind of articles so that people like you click on them. <laughs> yeah. Like if I said house prices to drop by 3.7%, or I said, house prices to be slashed by 35%. What are you clicking on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 35%. 35%. Every time. Yeah, every time. So Holly, you actually own a couple of investment properties and you have moved around a fair bit. So why did you buy your other properties, like the properties you moved into and your investment properties at the time that you did? That's a good question, Rach. So our first one was actually just situational. I mean, it was just, there was no particular timing for any market. I mean, my husband and I weren't in real estate at that point. Um, So it was just wanting to buy, just to have a house of our own. And we were ready. I mean, as I said, we had a baby on the way and that's just the time we were looking at the market. And unfortunately at that time, it, it was on its way up and there was no real theory behind that at that time. But our latest one that we've just purchased, we were actually scared the market was going to keep going up and therefore we wouldn't be able to afford to buy the property that we did. Um, I mean, unfortunately now I look back and maybe we could have saved, you know, ten or $20,000. <laughs> but there was that risk that we may have also spent an extra twenty dollars or $40,000 to secure that home. Mm. So I guess it's always a, a real juggle. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you as well. Yeah. So you've actually been a victim of that emotional role coaster yeah by the sounds of it a bit of both I feel like we've been in a in a, a growing market and then a declining market and yeah. I guess you know did we learn anything out of it yes I guess but when when you're ready ready yeah that's very true how I bought cryptocurrency <laughs> at the peak of the market I was like everyone's getting into this like I'd kick myself if I didn't so I put this tiny little amount in cryptocurrency I've lost like 70% of it just dropped <laughs> after I bought it like, disappeared no, but it's okay if you've got patience and you're not like trying to earn a quick buck and turn around in, in six or 12 months, it's okay because it, it will go back up. As you've seen, rates. like you've been working in real estate for a long time, 10 plus years, and you've seen it ups and downs, plenty of them. Yeah, there has been yeah a few waves. I think the last one we had from now was 2018. But in my opinion, I think it was actually a lot tighter in 2018. It's not 
nearly as bad as what it was then. Really? Yeah. We would open up property. Say we had eight inspections on a Saturday and we would see maybe one or two people for the whole day. Wow. Yeah. That was tough. That was, that was tight times. See, this market seems so dramatic to me because, I mean, in 2018, I was still in high school. So, obviously, I wasn't looking into the housing market while studying for VCE exams. So Why not? <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. But now that I've kind of been in real estate, I mean, I've only been in real estate for like 12 months. So, this is my first time actually seeing how the housing market works. And this seems so dramatic to me. It's funny because it feels dramatic because I think, like you said, Gav, the media. Yeah. And everybody has access to Instagram and TikTok and everybody <laughs> can yeah everybody can put their two cents in so I feel like it's a lot more dramatic now because of the platforms that we have and the access that you have to that sort of information where 2018 I mean TikTok was only in America we didn't have that sort of information so you had to sit down and listen to the news and that's where everybody got their information from and I think things changed. I remember when I was growing up, my dad always told me, never buy a new car, never buy a new car. You drive it out of the showroom and you, you lose 50% of the value of the car. My dad still says that. Yeah, they still <laughs> say that. But then you just saw on all the media, I mean, we've just been through it. I think it's finished now. But it was like secondhand cars were selling more than new cars. Mm. I brought a new car and I happened to be able to get a shipment of the car quite quickly. And I was offered more than what we paid for that car. And I'd driven it. So, I mean, I guess that changes. Must be nice. I definitely don't think I'll make profit on my Kia Rio. (laughs) Okay, for context, Rachel's Kia Rio is like what – a 2014, 2015, yeah. it's got a crack in its windscreen. It's got multiple cracks and I'm a stressed out passenger princess. She's I'm, actually sitting forward. I'm <laughs> not good as a passenger because I'm a safe driver and seeing Rach drive her car with cracks in her windscreen, I'm holding onto the side. I'm telling her to slow down. I, I can't. Like, I can't breathe properly in that car. Like, it's so scary. It's fine. It doesn't, just for context, the cracks in the screen doesn't actually make me drive any differently. <laughs> like, I still drive the same with or without a crack. It's just a catastrophic thing, car. Yeah, Sarah's a bit of a wuss when it comes to driving shotgun. No, I, can't. I could be going two kilometres over the speed limit and you're having a heart attack. You're in full meltdown, you're holding the Jesus bar. Oh, my God. I hate it. As I said, I'm not. A very good passenger princess. No. <laughs> and we'd appreciate if none of our listeners would uh, dob Rach in for that dodgy windscreen. She's working on it. It's working on it. Buy a house so I can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so you guys touched on pre-approval before. What What exactly is that? What is pre-approval? A loan pre-approval means that a lender has agreed in principle to lend you an amount of money towards the purchase of your home but hasn't proceeded to a full or final approval. Okay, so I have actually had multiple friends in the last 12 months um, go to a bank and get pre-approval. Or a broker, because we love our broker. broker. Or a broker, you're right. If you guys listen to last episode, which you should, by the way. um, And they've gotten their pre-approval amount, and obviously house prices have been really high in the last 12 months, and a lot of them, being first home buyers, have low-balled. I mean, it's what I would do in this current market as well. But they've gotten to a point where they've actually ran out of their pre-approval and then they've gone back to the bank or their broker to get re-approved and their borrowing capacity has gone down by heaps. And now they actually can't afford anything in this marketplace. What would you recommend to someone in that type of situation? I mean, is that common? Yeah, so that is one problem that people don't consider when they're trying to time the market 
to be the bottom of the market when they purchase. When the market is declining, it's often due to the interest rates rising or um, supply and demand issues. In this particular case, it's the interest rates that are rising. And when the interest rates rise, that means your borrowing capacity also goes down. So they make all these lowball offers trying to get a steal for a property essentially. But then when they go back to get their pre-approval reorganized, they actually can't afford what they originally got pre-approved for because the interest rate has gone up, which means they can only afford to pay less. Uh, So you implying kind of as a first home buyer that once you have that pre-approval, you should just buy no matter what the market is? I think as any buyer, once you've got that pre-approval and you're ready to buy, you should buy, whether you're a first home buyer, second, third, fourth home or an investor. Because when you're ready to buy, that means that your broker or bank has assessed you in that market with the current interest rates. So the figure they give you, um, if you've had pre-approval for that, then you should just buy. Because if the market does slightly change in the future, then that might knock you out of being able to afford a property that you're looking for. And then you'll find yourself in a situation like Staffy, um, <laughs> where you can't buy what you want to buy and then you won't be able to buy it all. So um, yeah, definitely when you're ready to buy, you should look at buying. That's probably the underlying message here. Like we've given you some tips around what you can do to try to identify the highs and the lows. But when you are ready to buy, that is the ideal time to buy. Okay, so if we're in a downturning market, then why should I risk spending my whole life savings in something that could potentially make me broke in the next 12 months? I've had friends that have spent all of their life savings in a house and unfortunately, given the current economical climate, big word. Good word. Uh, <laughs> I know. And with the interest rates and stuff, they've actually had to sell their homes for majority of the time less than what they've purchased it for. Yeah. Why should I risk that? So the first thing you have to do is have a plan, right? Finance is all about having a plan on what you want to do. The idea is that you do not buy and then sell 12 months down the track. Because, I mean, sure, you might be lucky and you might make a bit of cash. But the idea is that it's a long-term hold. So uh, in these cycles, you need to go through two or three upswings and obviously then downswings, but two or three upswings to make sincere genuine wealth because if you just plan on if you buy at the low end and you sell in 12 months and sure you might make 50k that's not going to help you long term and so if your friends are looking at, at buying but then want to sell in 12 months that's not the way to play the game in in a, in a perfect world it's all about patience and there was actually a, a very cool quote from warren buffett who is a um, rather well-known wealthy guy but he's very good wealthy people yeah 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 yeah, i don't know him personally warren buffett but sure (laughs) he said that uh the stock market or property market is simply the transfer of wealth from the impatient to the patient Uh, and so if you bide your time and you're able to hold property or hold shares or hold crypto for a long time that is when you're going to make your wealth if you're trying to do a quick turnaround you're going to lose out you're not going to come out on top. And that's that's important. And I guess as well, when you talk about borrowing money from a bank, people just think that like, if I'm going to borrow $300,000 from the bank, oh yeah, cool, the bank's giving me 300K. No, that is you. It's future you giving you 300K. So when you're borrowing money, you're actually borrowing from your future self. So if you just go willy-nilly and, and go, oh yeah, I'll borrow all money from the bank, that is you not planning. You got to think that, okay, if I'm going to borrow $300,000, that's me planning and then borrowing money from my future self. So 
yeah, back to your question, Sarah. I don't think your friends should be looking at selling in 12 months. Obviously, sometimes people run into situations where they have to. That sucks. That's unfortunate. But really, you should plan for it and allow for these interest rate rises. Allow for a buffer zone. So if it does go up or your car breaks down or... Your, your dog, Sarah, for goodness sake, ends up at the vet every two weeks. My dog has had constant ear infections and she had to go to the vet every week for six weeks. Costing you a lot of money. It's been a quarter of my paycheck every week. That's like insane. It's, it's actually been a lot. That's insane. She doesn't even need ears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're so cute. They're the cutest part of her. Yeah. She's a Labrador for context. I mean, what makes them cute is their little ears, their fluffy ears. <laughs> anyway, um, so going back to that, what would you recommend for people that are in that situation, though, where their repayments are getting too much because of the interest rates? I mean, I don't own a home, so I actually have never personally been in this situation. But it's so sad to think that so many people yeah. are selling after such a short amount of time because they can't afford it. So there's a plethora of options. I mean, you can really go to budget school and, and try to work out how can you save? Are you subscribed to Netflix, Stan, and Disney Plus Plus Plus? Get rid of one or two. Mm. Ew. I <laughs> am. Touchy, touchy subject. <laughs> um, it could be that you could refinance. There is the debt helplines out there, um, and they're free. The debt help debt debt helplines. I can't even speak properly. Mm-hmm. There are then um, options where you can speak to the bank about giving you a month or two to kind of essentially sort your shit out, um, and where they won't charge you. Uh, the mortgage and, and you can kind of work out, save a bit and then get back on track again. The banks, as much as they are scary, they will help you as much as possible. But you have to reach out, I guess, and ask. There are plenty of options, though, for those people that are on the edge. And, uh, there are also options similar to how you bought your first house, Rach, where you get a housemate mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Lots you just turn it into a party house. Batch pad. <laughs> Band-aid walls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True, true. That's, that was me. So there are, I mean, there's, there's plenty of options out there, but you could reach out to us if you are struggling and we could certainly try and put you onto something that might help you. Um, ultimately we don't really want to see people selling unless they absolutely have to. That's so interesting coming from a real estate agent. I mean, you pay your bills by selling houses. Correct. Well, I think if you do the right thing by people and you give them the right advice when they're in trouble in the good times, when they are ready to make a move to upgrade or whatever, they're going to remember the things you did. We also don't enjoy selling hardship homes it's no. very no, sad it sucks. it's very yeah. very sad we'd much rather sell for someone to upgrade or something i actually <laughs> have a story <laughs> told me that exact situation that you just said he said gavin came out i was going through a separation and he told me not to sell and to hold and he said it was the best decision i ever made yeah. oh, bless. See, I, I tell people all the time not to sell yeah no but he literally rang me and it was like four years on or three years on yeah. he's like gavin was amazing i was gonna sell i was in a tough time and he came back to you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, he's just getting an appraisal. He's not selling yet, but he, d- he specifically Great, said that. never going to sell. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he specifically said that to me. He's like, Gavin's a good man. He helped me out. Oh, no. Aww. Gavin's going to get a big head. We're yeah. going to change the topic. <laughs> quick, get off. Quick, it's exploring. The headphones aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do these headphones fit? Need bigger ones. <laughs> Great. Well, that was really insightful information, I think. I hope everybody listening got some really good information from there. That's a really big question that we always get. Um, but on that note, it is affirmation time. Okay, so the card for today is what do you want to be remembered for? Sarah, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for um, being the most positive person in a room. Like that person that during no matter what hard time they went through and, you know, I had a pretty miserable upbringing, I was always super positive about it. And I hope that when I die someday, 
people, well, not that I hope Touch that word. I die someday. <laughs> when, when I, I die someday, when I do die someday, <laughs> I hope people say at my funeral, like, you know what? I always saw that girl happy and positive and make her laugh. That's good. That's nice. Yeah, that's a nice memory. And I think you're very well, like you're well on track with that. When we sat down for the work, the first week, um, one of your assets was being positive and optimistic. So I think it's working for you. Yes. <laughs> Gab, what about yes. you? What do you want to be remembered for? I don't know. Something cool like being the first person to land on Jupiter or something. Okay. I, on, I also think that you're on track. <laughs> For that goal. Thanks, Rach. You're Next doing, person. You're doing really well. Um, never heard you mention that before, but... What's that, Richard I Branson? I to do that. Are you on the Richard Branson flight? Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah. That'd be cool. I would risk my life to be on a space shuttle with people like that guy and yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah. Even, um, what's that guy that used to date Kim Kardashian? Pete Davidson. Pete even Davidson. him. <laughs> Just to say hello. Um, Holly, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, I mean, Sarah sort of stole mine because I think we're actually quite similar with with that, with good attitude. But I'm a mum, so I would be happy that my daughter grew up and said I had a great mum who spent lots of time with me and loved me and showed me all the world and, and... you know, gave her everything I possibly could. So th- I think that would be good for me. Oh my God, Holly? that's actually yeah. like making me tear oh, up. Oh, Sarah. That's so sweet. Sarah I mean, cries over everything. It's, liter- it's literally my <laughs> sole job is to be a good mum. That's my job. So that's what I'm working on. You can tell that Holly's the best person out of all of us. We're yeah. all selfish. Sarah's crying. <laughs> We're all selfish girls. And she's like, I want crying. Oh my God, no. Nah, anytime, <laughs> like, it's. It was a good answer, but geez. <laughs> no, good parents, like, really, like, touch oh, my heartstrings. Sarah. Oh my God, can you adopt? <laughs> I love my mum, but can you adopt me? <laughs> I want two mums. <laughs> what about you, Rach? Um, I'd probably want to be re- remembered just as a good friend and somebody that people could always turn to in the dark time. That's actually so accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a pretty good friend. You are such a good friend. <laughs> so good. I remember when I was, and obviously this is going out of real estate, Don't but I was, I was probably working at Ray White for maybe what, like, four months, not even. And I went through a breakup with my ex-boyfriend. We'd been together for like four years. I lived with him, very serious relationship. And I literally called Rachel up at like 9 or 10 p.m. at night, bursting in tears. It was very shocking. (laughs) (laughs) These guys were there for me for like hours and days and weeks afterwards. Like, yeah, you are a very good friend. I mean, to be fair, I had a truth pulled yesterday and I think Rachel texted me four times (laughs) over the day to check in (laughs) to make sure I was coping and I was doing all right. And then I sent her a swollen photo of my face and she she hasn't even used it on social media yet. We're going to attach What a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) See it in the comments. No. (laughs) So that kind of wraps up this week's episode. Um, Yeah, I hope everybody learned something. And if you do have any more questions kind of around that, please do reach out because I know this is Gavin's favourite topic to discuss. I could talk about it for a lot longer. Yeah, and he has a lot more useful information too. He obviously reads a lot of wealthy newspapers and educational pieces. So if you need anything, Gavin's your man. (laughs) Um, And yeah, join us next week with our topic being about instant gratification. So um, this is an episode probably Sarah's going to thrive in because she is that gen z that everybody talks about i'm sick of hearing about real estate we need a fun and interesting topic <laughs> screw the houses <laughs> we do and we're just going to talk about um things like the trouble with the younger generations wanting everything now which is instant gratification and um what that means for yeah spending money and going on holidays and everything yeah about after instant pay. gratification after pay <laughs> these all seem like positives to me <laughs> <laughs> okay well bye guys thanks for See joining ya. bye, bye.